Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Hey, how many of you here have ever sailed before? Do I have any, any sailors? In the, yeah! Yes, I love to sail, man. And uh, um, I, I love to sail. And here's the deal. I, uh, I went with... Um, <laughs> I went with my wife, Saline, a long time ago, and uh, I dumped her on the end of a dock, actually, with a sailboat. I said, come with me. Trust me. It'll be great. And uh, I almost killed her. So, you know, there's that. Um, but I love sailing so much, and I haven't been able to sail in a long time. And, and her and I, uh, we, just, we just love to do it. We absolutely love it. And uh, one of the ways that we love doing it is we had a chance uh, in a long, you know, this was a long time ago. Uh, we had four kids at the time. And we got pregnant, and uh, that message is in February. I tell you how that works and happens. And uh, so come back for that little teaser there. And uh, um, oh, come on! If it weren't for sex, none of you be here. All right. So wake up and smell the coffee and truth. Um, and so we we got pregnant with number five, and I was like, Oh God, really? Like, help, Lord! And I told her, I said, If we get pregnant with number five, I said we're going on a cruise. And she's like, uh, whatever. And so I was over on my computer, and she's like, what are you doing, honey? I said, I'm booking a cruise. She's like, oh, you were serious? <laughs> yeah, we leave in like two weeks. you know. And, and so we went on this cruise. And on cruises, they have these different things called excursions that you can do. And one of the excursions that we did was a sailing excursion. And if you've never done this, you get a chance to someday. It was incredible. I wish I could like freeze in that moment in my life because it was so fun. And so what they did is they had two ginormous, like multi-million dollar sailboats, you know, and, and, and they had two of them. And what you got to do is join a team and you got to race the other sailboat. And it was so fun. And so here we are. And, and I love to sail. I used to own a racing sailor. I owned a 21 foot sea scow and it used to actually been, uh, was raced on Lake Michigan. And, uh, that's what I, you know, flipped Heather over on Coon Lake just here. So that was cool. Um, but here we are, and she trusted me enough because I wasn't running anything on the sailboat. And uh, we get on this giant sailboat, and the captain basically sits back and he says, Okay, team, here's what I got for you. He says, I need everybody to take a part, and this is what you do. Here's the lines for this sail, and you've got your, your main sail. If you know how to sail, you know these terms. You've got your main sail. You've got your jib sail, which the jib sail collects all the extra wind, okay, that the main sail doesn't. And then if you've got, like, a really windy day and you're going with the wind, you have a giant sail on the front called a spinnaker. He's like, we can use that if we need to, but we're going to go around these boozy buoys and we're going to race the other boat and then i was on the crank so i had to like do this like crank uh which basically sets up the dagger board and pulls in the luff from the sails and so i had two different cranks i'm doing i don't i don't remember what your job was on the sailboat okay i was just looking at her because we were in the caribbean it was fun and i had one of those dumb saint martin hats on with the rim that went all the way around and she still stayed married to me and uh it was awesome and so we got the other boat and we're like we're gonna kill them we're gonna we're just gonna annihilate the snot out of them and we're racing in the i mean come on who gets to race on a sailboat in the caribbean i'm like this is life this is awesome and we were just we were just toasting them and then they they actually beat us but on our ship we had all these different different things and all these different gadgets. You had your dagger boards, you had your rudder, you had your steering wheel, you know, you had for a lot of people there, your cooler of rum punch in the Caribbean. That's the thing down there that everybody drinks. And and here's the deal. Here's what I want to say this morning. Some of you are like, what does this have to do with the book of Ruth? Nothing. We're going through a sermon series called Ruth right now. We're going to hit the pause button for today. We'll be back on next week, okay? So for those of you that are like, aw, just bear with me, okay? We'll be back there next week. I was praying this week, and I really believe God wanted me to share this. So i got to do what God says, and I told you I don't care if you care or not, because I'm going to do what he does. So there you go. 
Don't care about your opinion right now. I just care about his. Is that okay with you? Doesn't matter. All right, so um, <clears throat> here's the deal. Some of you got that. You're awake. Nice job. Without the team, without the team, as one sexy-looking boat, but it ain't going to go anywhere. It's not going to go anywhere. It was beautiful. Beautiful. If that captain who had his little cooler of rum punch just sat in the boat, wouldn't have done anything because he needed a team of people. He needed people that had different gift sets to help that boat get. Now, we didn't win, but we were like, oh, man, photo finish. It was awesome. I, my arms never hurt so bad. It was so much fun, you know, racing this other boat. Here's my prayer this morning for you because we're going to talk a little, little vision. We're going to talk a little bit about your life. My prayer this morning is that you, you, okay, don't nudge the person next to you. How many have done that in a message before? Don't. It's for you, okay? So just receive, all right? Some of you are like, so, hey, you got to go to church. you got to listen to this message. No, usually that means you need to, okay? And so here's what it says. Here's my prayer for you this morning is that you, 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 would see how gifted and valuable you are and how your role on that boat matters. Well, it's just about the captain. No, it's not about the captain. Well, it's just about the rum punch. No, it's not about the rum punch. you got some people like me who are non-alcoholics who are drinking Dr. Pepper. It's about us all, right? It's about every single person on that boat. It's about the purpose that God has given you for your life that you are called out to live. Some of you are not living it out yet, and I implore you today. I wish I, wish I had like three hours where I could just sit with you and convince you to go, man, you are better than you even think you are. You are more gifted and talented than you ever think you are because you are, and I want you to see that this morning. Open up, if you have a Bible, to Proverbs with me. I'll turn there in just a second. I have a friend of mine. He was my roommate in college, and... Uh, I think it's 75% of the people that lived on my dorm floor at North Central University, 75% of the people I went to school with on that floor. So it's 7.5 out of 10 of us. So, yeah, 7.5 out of 10. That's, that's 75%. Come on, math teacher. I'll, I'll be the half person because I'm down 50 pounds, baby. And so here's the deal. The, uh, yeah, look at pictures. I was 306, man. We're getting there, Okay. I even had to ask my wife to bring my belt today. I mean, I praise God, okay? That is awesome. I thought it was awesome. And uh, <clears throat> some of you are like, what? Wait. My buddy, though, he went and took this church, and it was a church in Michigan where, his, where he was from, and he started leading this church, <clears throat> and it was a church of about 20 people. Small church. They were on their 60s, 70s, and 80s, and he was, he was bummed, and here's why. He got there, and the church had no vision. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know what they were doing. Everybody was kind of like, Pastor, you just take care. You do it all. We just want you to do whatever you want. And he got sick of it, and he said, here's the deal. And on the way out, they did a business meeting. We're not doing this here. And he put a little thing on a Connect-looking card, and he said, here's the vision of what I believe it is. And on the vision, he wrote it out, and he said, I want all of you to be on that boat with me. All 20 of them that night, not one of them signed to be a part of the vision that God called him to have for this church. And they said, and it just broke my heart, broke his. And what they said to them is they said, Pastor, um, to my friend, they said, we want, to, here, here's our vision for the church. We're going to tell you, Pastor, what it is. And they said, we want you to keep the doors open until we all die. That's the vision. Can I just say very honestly, and if he's listening today on Facebook, I love you. You know who you are. But that's pathetic. That's pathetic. And I told, I told him, I almost said his name, I want to be careful here. I just said, you need to go take a new position. He took a new position in the Chicago area. He now leads a phenomenal ministry with youth. He's a, he's, 
I've never had anyone who makes coffee like him. It's incredible. He does all those fancy things on the, you know, I don't know what they are. I'm not a coffee drinker. But he's living out his purpose now, okay? We are called to live as a church. Guys, we have more people who have attended the bridge in the last six weeks than we've ever had in the entire history of this church. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> we, are, we have every chair that we have right now is set up right now, okay? We, had, we used to only have three rows in here, okay? We spread them out to look like there was more. Come on, somebody. And now they're almost all filled. This is what happened. Let, I want to show you some vision stuff this morning. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. I've got to grab a drink here. Open up with me. Sorry, I was like singing super loud during worship this morning. <clears throat> Somebody just said, that's what was off key. I love you too. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. In other versions, in the version you might have, revelation actually might read vision. Okay? Another version of this scripture is without vision, we all die. We all perish. We've got to have vision. We've got to know where we're going. If we don't know where we're going, how do we get there? You know, when we were on that big sailing boat in the Caribbean, we saw the buoys. We saw it planned out. We knew we had to get over there. Now, in a sailboat, if you don't know this, can you just get from point A to point B if the wind is against you? What do you have to do? You got to jive and you got to tack. You got to go with the wind and against the wind. You got to get there. And you got to get there. Eventually, you get there and you're like, yeah, we've arrived. Does a church ever arrive? No, we don't ever arrive. But we're, I was a part of that journey together. Our vision, just to get you all on the same page, connect people with eternal life. Real simple. I believe every church should be doing that. You and I carry the hope of the world. Who is the hope of the world? Okay, our mission is this. We want to be a life-giving church. You'll see that on everything we print, everything we put out. We want to be a life-giving church in absolutely everything we do. We're not going to hit you over the head for something. We don't want you to ever feel guilty. We don't ever want you to be manipulated. But dang straight, man, I hope today you're like, I need to be part of this team. We want you to be a part of this team. So while carrying that hope, we want to share it in love. And so what, what is the key for us as a church to be successful with the vision and the mission that God has given us? What's your responsibility? What's in it for you? What part of the boat do you play? Every single one of you today, I don't care your age, I don't care how young you are, I don't care how old you are, I don't, I don't, I don't care what you look like, I, I don't care if you're going, well, that's my first time here, man. Great! There's always room for one more, right? Right? There's always room for more, one more. Every single one of you holds the keys to the success of this ministry. <gasps> Just got a little real in here. <clears throat> and I'll tell you, I am the most stubborn person when it comes to that vision and mission. You can ask the lead team. You can ask the elders. I'm stubborn about it. We are going to be the best life-giving church that shares Jesus without fail, that does not water down the gospel, but will be a light to every single person that we run in with all the time until I pass away someday. Can I hear a good amen this morning? Okay? That's what it is. That's what we want to be about. Now, i got to tell you a little something about me that maybe you don't know. Some of you do. I love superheroes. Love superheroes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a nerd, okay? Like, it, I'm a nerd. I love superhero movies. I love movies. And, and one that I loved, here he is. Go ahead. Come on. Come on, best superhero ever, right? Best actor ever who played him, okay? Come, man, man, if you don't think he's the right one, 
I just want to say you're wrong, and, and I still love you, okay? I love Superman. I, lo- I loved it. it. I grew up wanting to aspire like Superman. I went to the hospital trying to be like Superman growing up, okay? I would jump off the couch onto my knees. I, I went to the ho- I mean, it was bad. I don't know why my knees. I thought I could really fly. <clears throat> In fact, I loved Superman so much that I would actually do this. Have you ever done this before? Where you go to sleep at night, and you... You start, you know, falling asleep and you like want to make yourself have a dream. Have you ever done that? And so I like started picturing myself like I, I looked like Christopher Reeve. I always wanted the, the cool black hair and, and that little curl thing he had on his hair. I always wanted that. And then I was picturing myself in this cornfield. I don't know why. And, uh, and I'm picturing like myself flying over the cornfield. And, and still to this day, sometimes I'm like, that'd be so cool to dream about. It happened one time in all 39 years of my life, okay? One time. Have you ever done that? Oh, try it sometime. It's great. It is so great. Um, but I got to be real with you. My wife can uh, affirm this. I'm not Superman. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Some think I'm, I'm super pastor, and, and if we're going to be real, I'm not. There's areas I fall short personally and professionally, you know? Uh, if you want to know what those are, ask my elder board or ask my wife. They'll, they'll, they have a list. You know, they'll tell you. Um, but here's the deal. Right now, we have more people than we've ever had come into the Bridge Church. I no longer want you just to come. I want you to be involved, okay? And, and here's how this looks. I want to look at some scripture this morning just in our brief time together. You're going to want to turn to Exodus in just a moment. You don't have to put that up there yet, but Exodus chapter 18. Let me give you a little historical background this morning because I'm also a Bible nerd just as much as I'm a superhero nerd. Okay, now the Bible's real. Superman, unfortunately, to break your heart, isn't. And it's really sad. <clears throat> but Jesus is real. He's way better than Clark Kent, man. All right? I'm just saying. Back a long time ago, in a galaxy far away, um, in this land called Egypt, you had this people group, and this is real, the Israelites. And they were enslaved. They were in bondage. Some of them, it was financial bondage. Some of it was generational bondage. There was all this slavery that was happening, that was going on. They did not have freedom. Some of us here this morning don't know what it's like to have freedom. It's in a different way, but they were under this bondage. They were under this ruling and authority that governed them a way that they didn't want to be governed. In fact, in a way that didn't allow them to represent who they were as the Jewish people to praise God. They didn't have the freedom to do what we're doing right now. And so through a series of events, I'm not going to get into it this morning, God spoke to Moses, and Moses said, I'm, I'm no good, I can't do it. He was apathetic, but God used him to lead the people out of Egypt and eventually into the promised land. Well, a few months out, they get out, and all of a sudden, Moses has so much he's doing. Moses was trying to be super Moses, and, and he couldn't do it all. And he got to this place, and he's like, I don't know how to do everything that you've called us to do, God. And he starts praying, and he's got this incredible relationship with his father-in-law, and he starts, he starts talking, and, and his father-in-law starts talking to him and says, hey, here's a few things I think that you can do that will help you as, as a people group eventually get to the promised land. So let's read this together and just realize they're right here, contextually, they're only about three months out of all that slavery. And so think about that as we read this here this morning. It's verses 17 through 22, Exodus chapter 18. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you're doing is not good. Now, let me just stop there. How many of you have an in-law? How, how many right there are like, talk to the hand, I'm out of here. I never want to see you again. Like, you know, you know, my wife and I, when we planted the church, and my in-laws are here this morning, 
we lived with them from February until December 31st while we planted the church because we were trying to figure out what we were going to do and where we were going to live. Kudos to them for sticking up with us, okay? It was perfect every day, though. I don't want to say it was anything like Moses' father-in-law here. What you're doing is not good there, son. That would be tough to receive. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. Here's what's happening. He's got all these different disputes happening, and he's going, I'm trying to lead this country, and I'm trying to do these things that somebody else is capable of doing. And he says, the work's too heavy for you, Moses. You can't handle it alone. Listen now to me, and I will give you some advice, and may God be with you. <laughs> Again, this is funny, all right? If your father-in-law or your mother-in-law said to this to you, you know, I'm going to give you some advice. Yeah, you. Oh, and God help you. <laughs> I love that. Man, if you're not in the Bible, it's so good. Just get in there. And he says this, you must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. That's an easy task for, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. But, and here's the catch, select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges, it's kind of like a governor in that day, for the people at all times. But have them bring every difficult case to you, the simple cases, they can decide without you by themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. Just really quick, let me explain, because you probably already know where we're headed here this morning. So let me just share this. The Israelites right here, they're three months out of this bondage. And all of a sudden, Moses' father-in-law recommends to Moses, hey, set up government. If you had been years and years in a bondage and a slave government after three year, three months, would you be like, I'm great with that. Let's do it. No, you wouldn't want that. You would be like, we just had this awful government. We don't want that right now. We feel taxed. We feel pressure. And so he's coming up against a lot, a, a lot of spiritual warfare that's happening. So let me say this. I believe that this, these few verses are so good for you and for your life inside the church and outside of the church if you'll take them and apply them this morning. I'm not Superman, but nor are you, okay? My Bruce Wayne people, you're not. You're not Batman, all right? You're not the vigilante out at night. We need each other. Look to the person next to you and say, I need you. Come on, go ahead. Look to him say, I need you. Now look to the person you thought you didn't need and tell them the same thing. I didn't hear as many people that time. That's all right. God will forgive you eventually. Um, So let's ask some good questions on the pulse of our church, pulse of our team. Here's questions for you here and all together. Number one, how are you adding value to the bridge church? Okay, and if it's not the bridge, your home church. How are you adding value? Are you comfortable and consume or are you committed and contending? Where do you line up? Now, let me, let me just say this. I don't want you to feel guilty if you're comfortable in consuming. Okay, and when I say consume, it sounds bad. All I mean is you're just here to receive. And you're going, you know what? Right now I need to receive, and that's okay. But don't get caught in the trap of going, I just need to receive. 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 Because eventually, you need to get healthy because God loves you right where you're at right now. But he loves you so dang much not to leave you there. And he'll take you to that next step. And part of that is for all of us together. We just said we need each other. So either, you know, all 120 of us lied or we're telling the truth. It's up to you. Okay? Receive. Get healthy. And then help someone else do the same thing. That's discipleship. God loves you right here, right now. And so realize that I have this unrealistic expectation. Okay? The vision that God has put on my heart, 
the mission that I believe he's called us to do with this community, completely unrealistic. Okay? Totally. In fact, I can't do it. None of you can do it. We can't even do it all together. Okay? But if a vision isn't as big as God, then why would we need him? And so we need him to do the impossible. We sang about it this morning. Here's my deep, unrealistic passion is this. It's seen apathy be crucified in our community. It's seen apathy crucified in our community. If you're wondering, what do I mean by that? It's again what I said. Every single one of us, even those that aren't here that make up our community, have purpose, and I believe life. And sometimes I think we miss it because we don't think we're good enough. Or we don't think, like, why would God choose me? Or we feel like we fail in comparison to God. Or we sit there and we go, you know what? I've done X, Y, Z. There's no way God could use me. Or or we, we make excuses. We're not God. God didn't make any excuses for us. He gave his son. Do you serve? Another question. If you do serve, is it because you want to or because you feel you have to? We want you to be life-given, man. We're not here going, you know, I, I can I just tell you, I hated churches when I went there and you had kids. And they're like, what? Because you have kids, you got to serve in the kids' ministry. Some of you with kids, you're like, help, I need a break. I thought I'd hear at least one amen there. A little too real, sorry. And, and you're going, man. I need somebody to just hang out with my kids. And some of you are going, I love kids, but I love hearing the message. Good. You can listen on Facebook later. It's great. You know, I finished a, a study, a research study a couple years ago from a master's program, and it was in strategic leadership. And I looked at church growth. I studied it out because when I started the church, I was told three things, which I, don't, I no longer believe are true. I was told three things. Uh, you have to have good preaching. I can only do so much with that. You have to have good worship. Then you have to have a phenomenal kids ministry. If you've got all three, you're going to grow a church. It'll be great. Yeah, you might get a crowd, but you're not going to get disciples. And here's the deal. Do you know the number one thing? The number one thing. After all the studying I was doing, I wrote a book on it. If you want it, I have it. I'm not going to put it out, but if you come, it cost me 10 bucks to make. If you want one, I'll just give it to you. If you don't have 10, otherwise it's 10 bucks. It's called Church Planting. All the answers. It's sarcastic, the whole book. I had so much fun with, with writing it. Here's the deal, though. Within the book, the last part, it's like the boring part, the appendix that no one reads in the back. Um, I did all the research. Do you know that now, now granted God, the Holy Spirit, yes, we can all agree that that's how you see a church grow and how we continue to reach people for Jesus. Besides the thing that we can agree on, the number one thing wasn't preaching, wasn't worship, wasn't children's ministry, wasn't youth ministry. The number one thing was the people were enthused about being there. People were excited about what was going. There's a difference, isn't there? You go to a church and people are excited versus you go to church and you're like, I think this is a funeral service today. There's a difference. And people know if it's genuine or not, don't they? You know, I think people's, you know, bull junk meter is really high today. So today I'm recruiting you, okay? I'm, I'm asking you to be part of the team. You know, if you're already on the team, recruit with me. You know, and we do on a lead team meeting, we do this once a month. And one of the things that we do is we do this thing called the Rockstar Award. And, and I could give out so many, but I just want to pick on one this morning. And uh, they don't even know I'm doing this, but um, I think she's in here this morning. That's Bethany. She's in the back. And uh, Be- Bethany loves the front spotlight, I know. And uh, you maybe won't see a lot of her because she's in the back putting together kids' curriculum every Sunday. She'll text me and she'll call and say, what do you need at church? How can I help? How can I be praying for you? What's going on? What needs to happen? And she'll say, hey, I've got this idea. What about this? And she'll expand. And even in, in ministry and in, in message, she's got, I got this idea and I'm thinking about this and we could do this. And there's so much behind her. And so, uh, Bethany, you get the rock star word this morning. So.
She's going to hate me after today. She's so going to hate me. I didn't even ask her if I could do that. And uh, Becca, I'll invite you up here in a little bit. Um, There's a national stat survey done. It says 20% of the church goers in in national church do 80% of the work. Okay? We did a study here at the Bridge Church. This was a couple years ago now. 60% of us were actually doing the work, which is, that's three times national average, which is huge. The unfortunate part is because we have grown as a church, which is awesome, is now we're at that place where that's going down because we need you on this team. And I want to just show you in a practical way, and then I'll bring it back here in just a moment, how to get involved. And I beg of you, get involved. Well, pastor, it's my first time there. Great. Be involved. This one I need to make sure everybody has, and our usher team's in the back. I need to make sure every family has a Connect card, okay? If you don't have a Connect card, it's the white sheet. And this is what I want to say. If you're a guest visiting with us today, um, here's the deal. And just go ahead. And if you're, if you're okay with it, just raise your hand if you need one. There should be one next to you. If not, our ushers will, will get you one. But here's the deal. On this Connect card, um, if you're a guest, we just want to say thank you. And if you're going, I just need to figure this out, that's fine. No pressure. Now, if you've been coming for a while, I want you to have pressure. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> because I know you're asking right now, Pastor, how do I get involved? How do I get on that boat in the Caribbean? I want to be there with you, right? I'm glad you asked. I'm so glad. I'm so, I'm, I just am here to answer your question. I'm so glad you asked that. I'm so grateful. So first, here's the practical. Okay? Serve at least on one ministry team once a month. That's 12 times a year if you do the math, and I'm married to a math teacher. It's real simple. Many of you do more than that. Okay? That's simple math. Exactly. Second is this. Give of the tithe and offering. The tithe is 10%. You can use online, text, wherever. Um, you know, you, you can do that. And then, you know, above and beyond that, give of offerings. You know, last year, guys, I saw an incredible thing happen in this church. And if we can just give God a hand for the fact that we have a paved parking lot because of what you did. Come on. Let's give God the glory for that. Yeah, we had to borrow a little bit to finish it. But overall, our church ended up bringing in close to $80,000 with everything that we had in savings, with everything that you raised. That is, an, I, I talk to pastors of churches in the thousands and say their church doesn't even do stuff like that. that. For us to give to Tar, what else can we give to? Well, let me just say this. We're out of chairs, okay? And, and the chairs that you're in are old and they're rusting, so it would be great to replace those. These, and, and can I just be really real with you? I'm going to say suck from the stage here in just a moment. I don't want to offend you, so I'm just preparing you. The lights in here suck, okay? It's a turnoff to every single person that walks in here. I hate them, okay? I don't mind if for stage looks great, but the six, either some of you right now are in the dark, and I don't mean that spiritually. I'm just, you're literally in the dark. Or you've got such a spotlight, you have to wear your sunglasses where you're at, okay? It's not that I don't know that. So many of you have come to me, and I'm going, for us to replace it and to do it right costs $11,268 to do it right. Some of you might have that gift to go, well, here's a check. Get it done. If that's your gift, great. Some of you are going, I wish that was my gift, okay? But what if we do that this year? What if we do those things? Right now on the other side of the, the building, um, we our electric bill goes up by $2,000 every winter because we don't have an HVAC system over there. If we put that in, and within five years, we'd pay for it, okay? There's, there's that. Um, and then there's the hallway, everybody's favorite hallway in our building. I love it because I can lift my shoulders broad and I can scratch both sides of the hallway as I walk down it. 
you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't been back there, just walk back there sometime. It's tight. And we want to expand that. That's going to cost us a few grand to do too. And so there's these things that we want to do. Now, kudos, and some of you don't know this, but there are people that have already given above and beyond to these kind of things. Even last year, we had people that called me, and this was their gift. And they said, Pastor, I want to give to something. How can I do that? They're utilizing the gift that God has given them. But don't say, well, I give, so I don't need to serve. And don't say, I serve, so I don't need to give. It's not an or, it's an and. If you ask my wife, I'm an and guy, okay? Do both. I always ask God how to give and how to serve. Don't, don't let me, I don't ever want anybody to hear feel condemned or guilted into it. I'm not, I'm not doing it. If you're like, I'm not ready, that's fine. Let me know, okay? Fill in the curtain areas that we have. Here they are very quickly because I'm running out of time. Parking lot greeters. You know that's the number one way people come through our doors is we used to have people that waved. We don't have that. We need somebody that said, I'll do that. That's easy. Hospitality team player. Man, if you love being hospitable, if you love donuts, amen. If you love making coffee, I'm the only one here in this church that probably never made coffee before because you don't want me to. You'd never drink it, okay? I don't drink coffee. So I don't even know if it's good or bad. Some people are like, this is really good. Some, this is really bad. I'm like, great. Go talk to the guy that made it. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I can taste test it for you. A hospitality team leader. We want somebody to lead that. Greeter. You know, one of the most important things is when people walk through that door, they, they, they judge us as a church right there. Are we really who we say we are or are we just putting on a face? I hope to dear heaven that we are being genuinely a life-giving church when you walk in here. And that's my prayer. Um, help hold babies. Some of you love babies. Some of you love helping pre-K. We have a few people. Derek, you know, is not in here this morning because he's filling in a couple areas. We'd love for you to be a part of that. Don't do it because you have to. Do it because you love kids and you get to invest in their life. Once a year, I go back there because that's where I would be if I wasn't up here. I love kids and youth ministry. Okay? Remember, it's not about your platform, but it's about God's glory. Last is this. Play the instrument in which you are gifted. Okay? Well, you guys got everything you need up here. <laughs> no. Becca, our worship leader, who you can come on up, she does a great job putting a team together. She does a great job utilizing people's gifts. Some of you are gifted. Some of you vocally, some of you instrumentally. We want you to be a part of this team. Well, I don't know if I'm good enough. None of us are. We're in this together. If you agree, say yeah. Yeah. This side agreed. So this side, what I'm trying to say. If you're looking for things to do during the week, if you're going, you know what, I can't always make it Sunday morning. I get that with some people's work schedule. I understand that. I, I, I get that. You know, and I'm not the pastor that will ever make you feel guilty for missing uh, church to be at a family function or something with your kid. Okay? I'll never, I, we're life-giving. We're not life-sucking. And so we want you to invest in your family before church, always. Okay? And if you ever see me doing that, you call me out as your pastor because my family is my main mission. You're second. Thank you. Speak life. Speak life. If this isn't the church in which you got saved, you owe honor to the church in which you did. Speak positively to your heritage from the place that you came from. What well, was a horrible experience, Pastor? Okay, can you bless them? Can you forgive for what happened? Because if you can't, your heart's not in the right place yet. You need to be able to bless your heritage and where you came from. Be like Jesus. That's the spiritual side, just the second part. He understood what it meant to be a servant leader. Let me just give you this last scripture here, and we'll close, or two last scriptures. Philippians 2, verses 6 and 7. Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. What did Jesus make himself? 
Why? To take on the human nature of a servant, being made in human likeness for you and for me. That's the God in whom we serve. And so this is what I want to ask you today. I'm going to ask you to stand uh, in just a moment, but before you do, make sure you have a pen and a connect card. And write on there. If you're serving some way, that's great. If you're visiting, just let us know. If you're visiting, you're like, hey, I want to join the team. Let us know. But I want you to write on there how you want to serve. Now, let me say this. When we're on a big boat, and just give me two more minutes of your time. I know we're running over. Please forgive me. When you look out and you see those buoys that we're on that team and we're going towards, you know what? We want to get there eventually. Some of us, we've got great ideas. There's nothing wrong with them. And we see over there, that's an island that looks really cool and we want to go visit. And you can, but we got to get there first. Okay? We've got to all be on the same direction. That's our vision. More than one vision is division. And so we need to make sure the vision succeeds that God has told us to do. Let me give you this last scripture, Galatians 6, verses 8 and 9. This I love. I hope this encourages you. It encourages me. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Amen. I love that. I got three pictures I want to show you, and then I'm going to pray for you and get you out of here, and you can go watch whoever's playing football. Let me show you the first one. Okay. This is, this is very similar to the boat we were on. This is not us. I can find a picture of us. But this, if you know sailing, there's a term for when the boat looks like this. Do you know it? What is it called? Anybody? This is called being hiked out. Okay? When your boat's up on the side and you've got so much wind in your sails and it's going like mad, it's hiked out. And it takes every single person to get up on the side and the edge of that boat so you don't what? Ba-boom. <laughs> you don't want to capsize. Okay? If you just think I'm Superman or you're like, I got it. I'm good. No, it takes every single one of us. Here's what it looks like if it's just one of us. Go to the next slide. That's what it looks like. That's bad. Okay? You just fall right. I mean, that guy's probably on that. on that. So he's probably doing, I don't know, 80 miles an hour right now. Okay? That's going to hurt. All right? That's going to hurt. You don't do ministry alone. Don't lead a church alone. Here's what I want to ask you to do before I show you this last picture. I want you on that card to go, here's what I want to do. Here's how I can get involved. Here's what I want to serve. If you don't have one and you would like one, raise your hand. Okay? And our usher team will get you one. And then on your way out, there's going to be a basket in the back. You can just drop it by. We can just make sure we've got a basket out there for people to just drop that in. And then Derek or I are going to connect with you this week. We're going to follow up. If you don't hear from us by the end of the week, it's because we couldn't read your writing. Okay? My, my handwriting is terrible. Let me show you the last picture. This is you and me. We're in this together. We're in this boat. And I want to race with you. Will you race with me? Okay? You might... Sometimes you might have to grab a different sail. Sometimes you might have to grab the spinnaker. Sometimes you might have to, you know, grab the jib sail. Sometimes you might have to say, man, I, I need to, I'm just going to go grab us more drinks. That might be our job. It doesn't matter. Every single one of those jobs is important in the boat. Would you stand to your feet this morning? We've got Ruth chapter 2 next week. We're back on track. But I really felt from God to share this with you. Because some of you right now, not even in church, but in life, you're going, I'm a little bit lonely. Kind of feel it. Go back to that last picture. Some of us right now in life feel like that. And we're like, I can't hold on anymore. I can't do this. You need people in your life and people in your corner. And I want you to know that every single person in this church is in your corner. Okay? Amen. If you're in, if you're in everybody's corner in this church, would you just say amen? Amen. If you're like, what is amen? Amen just means so be it. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Just an old-fashioned way of saying it. I want to pray for you and we'll get you out of here. God, I just pray for every single person here today. Thank you for their grace of staying here a couple extra minutes. We only lost five people. I'm kidding. Lord, I thank you for every individual in here. I thank you for every gift that's in here. 
God, and honestly, I could care less about them serving in the church. I could care less about them giving in the church. I, I just don't even care. My heart, God, for every single person in here so much, Lord, is that you would show them their value right where they're at right now. Well, God, I got to wait till I X, Y, Z. God, I got to wait till I'm good enough. God, I got to wait till you forgive me for X, Y, Z. God, you gave your son while we were still in the middle of sinning. You forgave us in the middle of that. You didn't wait till we were done and had it figured out. You just came in the middle of our turmoil. You came while we were falling out of the boat. You said, I'm here and I'm with you and I will never, ever forsake you. Some of you feel like the Israelites in the wilderness right now. And you need to know that there's a Savior named Jesus Christ that is wrapping his arms lovingly around you right now. And you're not called to serve right now. You're called to just receive. You're called. You need that. And so receive from him. Don't be afraid of just receiving. Some of you have received long enough. Now it's time to help somebody else receive. Some of you need to take that risk and get on that boat and see where it goes with us as a church together. And some of you need that in your own life. And so I pray right now for every single person's life that you are surrounded by the people that you need right now, the people that will love you, the people that will encourage you in your faith walk, the people that will do life with you, the people that will say, I'm here for you no matter what, the people that will drop everything to run to your aid when you are truly and desperately in need. And God, you have given us this church to lead all different elements. Lord, All diff- every single one of us could come up and share what we're doing. But right now, God, I believe you called us to seek out you because you are the only true way to everlasting life. And we have that power that we get to share with others. And so, Lord, would you allow us to be all that we can be? If there's anyone here, God, that has never said yes to you, I pray they would this morning. I pray right now in their heart of hearts, they would say, Jesus, I believe in you. I know you're the way to heaven. Forgive me for my sins as I follow you. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said together. Amen. Hey, thanks for letting me go over a couple minutes. On your way out, say hi to somebody and drop off that connect card in the basket. Have a great afternoon. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.